Effective communication is important because it helps identify your place in business decisions and personal decisions. Welcome to Communication Matters with Deborah Malnix. Anywhere you go, with everything you do, wherever you live, and whoever you know, communication matters. Now, here's your host, Deborah Malnix. Hello, everyone. My name is Deborah Malnix, host of Communication Matters, a program that recognizes the importance of communication in life, in work, and in all that we do. Today, we have a very special guest, Beverly Bernstein Joey, the former president, CEO, and co founder of Complete Care Strategies, an award winning company that provides care management and advocacy services to seniors and the special needs communities throughout Philadelphia, Delaware, Montgomery, Bucks, and Chester counties as well as in New Jersey, Delaware, and Central Pennsylvania. Beverly holds a bachelor's degree in psychology from Antioch University and a master's degree in counseling psychology from Villanova University, and she is a certified aging life care professional. Beverly has been an active member of the aging life care community, served as past president of the Philadelphia chapter, was a member of the PR committee, is a member of the Philadelphia Estate Planning Council, and is chair for a subcommittee symposium entitled Managing End-of-Life Issues. Beverly is a member of the Women's Initiative Committee and the Transition Network and a member of the National Speakers Association. She presents workshops throughout the Philadelphia area on successful aging, has written numerous articles on the subject, and has been quoted in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Wall Street Journal, and the New York Times. Beverly Bernstein Joey has been a faculty member of the Philadelphia Bar Institute and a keynote speaker for the Montgomery County Bar Association. She is also recipient of the Brava Award from Smart CEO Magazine and received an Outstanding Chapter Member Award from Aging Life Care Association, a holistic, client-centered approach to caring for older adults. Beverly is now a consultant and is currently writing a book entitled Solo Wise, which focuses on solo agers, adults aging alone. Welcome, Beverly. It is a pleasure to have you on the show today, and I think our audience will be very interested in the various pieces of information you have about aging solo and aging within family situations as well. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. I find the work that you do fascinating from so many different directions. And I'm sure that our audience is very, very interested in learning more about how you perceive aging. How do you age gracefully? How do you age with dignity when there seems to be so many factors that are involved. Can you tell our audience a little bit about your involvement in the aging process and tell them a little bit about what you do and how you use communications in this aspect of your field in order to make you more effective as a leader? Wow, that's a lot, Deborah, but (laughs) let me do my best. Um, First of all, I've spent my career being an aging life care professional I basically have a master's degree in counseling psychology, and I'm certified in the field of aging life care. So for the past 23 years, it's been an honor to work with families who are reaching out to us because they get in a position where they don't know what to do. And I think that your audience can definitely relate to that. People usually call us when there's a problem. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing that more and more. It's interesting how you say your audience can relate to this because I think especially as the baby boomers are aging, as parents and loved ones are aging, 
it is becoming a larger and larger situation that all of us are exposed to. And what I hear back, the feedback is, how do you know what the right direction is? How do you know that what you're doing might be the best for those you are caring for or those in your family? Aging is a very interesting aspect of our culture right now. It's, I think it's taking up more and more interest because of the involvement in the many directions that you can go in as a person ages. Sheer numbers are daunting. For example, approximately 27% of people over 50 are solo agers or people who are aging alone without family, without a, a spouse, and are, are facing the future with a great deal of uncertainty. Can you answer a question? Solo aging, is that a new term? Is that a term that has been in the vocabulary of those who deal with aging for a while? I was surprised when I first heard it. And now, of course, as I'm aware of it, I seem to be hearing it more often. Is that a relatively new term, solo aging? Trying to identify people who are aging alone and kind of turning them into a category is something that's relatively new. I would say I do know of an author who wrote a book about aging in 2006 and mentioned the term. But I think it's it's really picked up popularity. And for a while, we were talking about the aging tsunami because that was really an economic issue, mm-hmm. how all of our us boomers and generation Xers are going to impact the economy of our country. But now it's become more and more specified into various different groups. And one huge group is the solo aging group, also called at different times uh, elder orphans. I don't particularly care for that term. Something sounds wrong about it. But solo agers, I think, describes the multitude of the millions of people who find themselves in that position. However, my work has always been about dealing with the the changes that are going on in people's lives and helping families do the best thing possible by allowing them to explore with us all the options that lay before them based on their specific situation and tailor making a plan or an action plan specifically for their loved one or for themselves. And that's a professional thing that that aging life care professionals do. I was fascinated when I first heard of your experience and expertise, because I think this is a subject that so many people talk about and don't realize that there are so many avenues you can take. Even people who are making decisions for themselves tell me that they are very confused. There's retirement community, there's support communities, there's going with relatives, there's aging alone, there's aging in a group, there are, it it really is confusing. It's daunting. Mm -hmm. It is daunting. And I think having professionals who are involved in that aspect of life really help the individuals to make the correct decisions or sometimes the decisions that are best related to where they are in life and what they want to do. I think that it's a field that will only grow throughout the years. How did you first get involved in this area? Uh, I, I began my career as a psychotherapist and 
kind of around the time of my divorce to my first husband, I started looking for for an avenue to make a living and help people simultaneously. And I started working uh, at an assisted care facility and soon came to realize that I really wanted to help people mm-hmm. deal with the issues related to aging. So out of that, I became involved with the Aging Life Care community. At that time, it had a different name. It was called the Association for Professional Geriatric Care Managers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> With good reason, they changed their name, right? That's quite a mouthful, yes. <laughs> oh, it's just too many words. And I think it was pre-computer because the, the uh, group started in the 80s. So that was pre-computers. Uh, and I, I just became passionate about creating a business where I could use everything I've ever learned in my life to support families going through those changes. And I was fortunate enough to have an incredible partner, uh, Dolores Tracy McGee, who worked with me and we created our, our business, which in fact sold in January of this year. I remember reading that. Yes, congratulations. Tell us how this process works. I mean, so many people within our group, within our age limitations, have family members who are older and aging. And for whatever reasons, I mean, there are many reasons they don't want to face the fact that they're beginning to be compromised, that they are their memory is getting worse and worse. And actually, in many people, even our own age, find themselves as solo agers going through that. How do they get in touch with the right professional? Is it advertised? Is it required? Or is it, um, do they hear about it through their own network? I think this is such a wonderful opportunity for people to not feel alone. And there are so many solo agers today in society that sometimes they just don't know where to turn. How do they know how to get to you, to a service that's going to help them? to someone or something that could take them and say, here are the options. Here are the possibilities. Let's discuss all of them. How do they take that first step? I I think that it's it's vitally important for solo agers, for all people who are aging to have a lot of networks of people, because the more people you know, the more people know people who know things. We get a lot of traffic really from online searches, people that are asking the exact same questions that you just mentioned. So a lot of times people find us online. And what you're describing is really the reason why I'm writing my book called Solo Wise, not only to name what you need to know, because it's it's relatively simple what you need to know, but it's how to implement a plan and how to create a comprehensive approach to know exactly what to do. And that is the purpose of the book that I'm currently writing. It's not just what to do, it's how to do it. However, the Aging Life Care Association has members throughout the country. We're over 2,000 members. And just by Googling Aging Life Care Association, you can find the professionals who support people as they age. I think that is a vitally important piece of information 
Because what I hear so many times is, I don't know where to go. I don't mm-hmm. know how to get the information I need. It's I, daunting. It's daunting. And people want options. I don't feel I'm ready for a retirement community. I don't feel I'm ready for you know, group housing. I, what are the options out there? And I think as we age, that information is going to be even more critical to the individual. And I applaud you and others within your organization for really making a concentrated effort to get this information out to those who need it, especially if you're a solo ager. You know, to be able to go onto the computer, and a lot of people still do not feel comfortable seeking information on the computer, but to be able to have those resources out there and be able to find an individual within your community who can help you make that journey, I think it's a breath of fresh air. It didn't exist a decade ago. There is a tremendous amount of support out there. It's just that we have to look for it. And we have to bring it to ourselves. The biggest, uh, the biggest obstacle that so many people face are two major affronts to their independence. One is fear, and the other is denial. I, I can see how they work so closely together. They're first cousins. <laughs> yes, if not maybe sisters or brothers. Yes, they're very closely related. It's it's such a, a daunting thing. And a lot of people say, just like a retirement community, I don't need one yet. I don't have to deal with this yet. But we're all a fall away from needing someone else's input. Because we've all noticed that the healthcare system is in shambles. Yes. That that it is so daunting to find the doctor that you need, to find what you need to do. And for example, at the company I sold, Complete Care Strategies, there are nurses who are medical advocates. We are so used to finding people all the resources that they need and guiding them to what's appropriate for them. They're always driving the bus, so to speak, but we're there with them, illuminating them about options that are available, that everybody doesn't know these things unless they're in this situation. But I think the breaking point here, or at least one of the weak points is, how does the information you have, which is a plethora of wonderful ideas and and wisdom and inside information, How do you get that to the person out there saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get this information. It's that link from them to get to you that I think is so weak in so many areas. I hear people all the time saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just calling retirement communities or I'm calling support communities. Whereas one call to you, to your organization, to your group, you can talk the person through the options, what's available. Well, the the most important thing also is that one size does not fit all. Everyone is in a totally different situation and has different goals, different circumstances and different resources. So there's there's a lot we can share with people that applies to everyone. Mm -hmm. But unless you're working one on one with somebody and you understand all these different pieces about their lives, their medications, their doctors, their hospitalizations, how much money they have. We help um, 
guide people towards attorneys who help with the estate plan. It's a whole package of things that is very specific for each person because we all have different goals and we all know what we want and we really know what we don't want. I think that's so true. I mean, I hear people all the time saying, I don't want this. I don't want that. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. I love the approach that you have in that you are not making the decisions for the person. You're giving them the options. Like you have to do this. This is an option. This is an option. And allowing them to make the decisions so that they feel they were a vitally important part of the conversation. They're driving the bus. They're totally in charge because this is their life. And uh, we've, we have never made anyone to do anything. We don't want that. We would never want that responsibility. We want to give people the information and resources they need to plan for themselves. How do individuals hear of your organization? Again, that's one of the questions that I got in talking about your your business and your communication efforts. How do they find out? Is it through their physician? Do you work with the doctors? Is it through retirement communities? Is it through uh, your independent group and they must first go to you? The questions seem to always center around, well, how do I find out about them? How do I get in contact with them? How do I know about them? I mean, do you work with physicians? Do you work with these communities? Do you work independently? Well, we always work independently, um, very much like an attorney. The client is is the only person we work for. We do not work for anyone. We take no money from anyone else because we're professionals. So that's not the way we fly. It doesn't work that way. When you're in business for 23 years, people get to know you. So you can interface with people in all different communities that might refer you to an aging life care professional. My my goal moving forward, now that I've sold the company, I'm still working with the company for for a while. And uh, I'm so happy that um, the woman who bought our company is so spectacular. And I'm I'm so thrilled that she's she will take this business to another level. She's an ER nurse who loves this field, and she's already taken a major leadership position in the field. And so she's going to be dynamite. And we get people who Google senior care, or if you Google any of those things, there's a chance that you could get to us just because you're asking Google or Alexa or whoever those questions. People like us come up. And people like you, because you're having this podcast and sharing this with with your audience, you're doing a great deal to make people aware of our group. And it just happens that way. I think the awareness is a critical component, obviously, because without the awareness, you're just going to, it's going to pass you by. And I think that that Mm -hmm. is so, so important, not only during your later aging years, but all through life, being aware of what's around you, being aware of of the possibilities, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that aging in this country over the past 20 years has really elevated, been elevated from you live with your children in a a home and you just, not in a home, but their home, 
um, or you care for someone or you go to a, you know, a special support community. There are so many choices now. And I think that that offers a sense of independence and reliability and self-care for the individual who's making those choices because it's their choice. Someone isn't saying you have to go to retirement community now. We have to put you here because you can't take care of yourself. I think that's one of the wonderful things about the work that you do is you're involved with the person at the time in their life when they can make their own decisions. And that's a wonderful piece of freedom. What what an important point to make, because when we have the ability to choose, when we have the most choices, is when we're intact. I think that's very, very important. And you're absolutely right. Once you're not intact, and once you're not able to really make the valid decisions for yourself, you're not at your best. People, unfortunately, as we all know, there's there's so many people who are aging, who are met with dementia, Alzheimer's disease, and then the party's over in terms of having choice. Choice, we have the window of opportunity right now. Now, you talk about having the choice now. So you're saying when a person is still viable, when they're active, when they're still living alone, able to take care of themselves leading an independent lifestyle, that's really when they should start making these decisions. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Okay. That is the time. It's time to have conversations with your children, if you have them. Everyone needs, the more people who know what you want, the more chance you have of getting it. There's a, there's, um, a document that you can have with your doctor called a PULST a physician's order for life-sustaining treatment, which you can fill out. You can get it online, P-O-L-S-T. Just Google that word and the form will come up. Okay. And what it is, is it tells your doctor what you want and you don't want at the end of your life. So your doctor has that. And that Besides having all your legal work done, which is extremely important, like your advanced directives, your your adorable power of attorney for healthcare and for your estate, an up-to-date will that should be looked at probably every five years, or if there's changes in your life, if you become a widow or a widower. These are all the kinds of things that people have to know about in order to protect themselves and have their wishes known. You know, it's so interesting. You just mentioned um, a component of life that I think is so critical as you age, and that is many people have their wills. They had the maid, the lawyer, but the will is now 10, 15 years old, and things have changed. What if your kids are divorced? What if your ex-son-in-law or daughter-in-law is getting something that you no longer want that person to get? What if the house is still divided equally, but they're divorced? I just heard someone talking about that the other day, that it was really getting very problematic because their situation had changed, but the will had not. So it's really very interesting in the perspective of as you age, you think a will will solve the problems, but it often creates new problems. I think that's a very, very important and very interesting perspective. There are other documents that are for you as you continue to live, like the durable power of attorney and the advanced directives. All these documents are critical 
and I think this is all so important for everyone who's listening, not just for someone who is solo aging, but for every phase of life to review your documents, to review your conditions, your terms, and to make sure that changes are made as needed. Like anything else, you don't remain the same throughout your life. Your perspective changes, your finances change. And what you may have wanted 10 years ago or five years ago may not be applicable now. I love the idea of going to a specialist, an aging professional, a life care specialist and saying, look, this is what I had. It doesn't work anymore. What is the best thing to do? I think it's a great relief to have your kind of services available in the marketplace today. Because prior to that, I think it was going back to the attorney to change the will, or you weren't sure what you should do if your daughter and and her husband were divorced. And suddenly, it's not the same picture. And no one ever thinks it's going to change when they make something like a will, or they get married. They think everything is going to last forever. after. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So it's wonderful to have these kinds of services available. And I think it's so important that people are aware of them. Tell the audience a little bit about the book you're writing on solo aging. I think it's a fascinating topic. The book is designed to provide people with a comprehensive action plan, not only of what they need to do, but how they can do it step by step. So I talk about the four pillars of what is most important. One is the financial. And we talk about I talk about that. The next is the legal. And we've been talking about that. Mm-hmm. Then there is answering the question, who is going to take care of me, which is a huge component. And the fourth pillar is the emotional one. And for so many people, it's so difficult for them to take action. Because solo agers in particular, let me just say, the things solo agers need to do, we all need to do. That goes without saying, because sooner or later, we'll probably mostly be solo agers. The thing with solo agers is they know they're alone. There's a little more urgency, but there's also a lot of difficulty people have about taking the first step. Because I talk to solo agers all the time and I I see this. There's a, a not yet philosophy or this is too big. I don't know where to start. So as a result of that, what I'm looking at moving forward is to provide a coaching strategy for people who are solo agers who would like to work with one on one with a solo aging coach. I think it's a wonderful service. I think that it is not only a wonderful service, I think it's a vital service and a critically important service as you age. I think that every person should open themselves to this idea because every person is going to age, whether they like to or not. Unless they die early. Yes. And I think that to be able to talk to a specialist and learn about the best direction for you is incredibly valuable. And I applaud the service that you provide. I want you to tell our audience, if they wanted to get in touch with you, if they wanted to talk to a life aging specialist, how would they do it? Can you give them all of the information 
I'm going to tell our audience right now to get a piece of paper and a pencil. You can <laughs> play back this, this interview, but how do they get in touch with you or the agency life care advocate? What would the first step if they wanted to get their life in order? If someone's looking for an aging life care practice, then I can readily support the one that that I created, which is Complete Care Strategies. So if someone someone went on the web and did Complete Care Strategies, that would get them directly to the service. Yes, it would. We serve Philadelphia, all the counties. We also work in Delaware and New Jersey. And if someone called from outside that area, you can direct them to someone within the area where they live, which is oh, really yes. quite nice. I think that's that's really We're wonderful. We're a national organization, so we have people everywhere. Type in Complete Care Strategies, and they will get to us. If they okay. want to talk to me about solo aging, um, my email address is bb. J-O-I-E, B.B. Joey, like Beverly Bernstein Joey, mm-hmm. at solo-wise.com. Wonderful. I think that a lot of people will be very interested in the variety and the services that you provide to solo ages. I just think that this is such a critically important service. And I, again, thank you for being on the program and telling people about this and what they have as an opportunity to make their own life better as they age. We are actually approaching, we went over a little bit our time factor, but <laughs> you have such an interesting subject that I really, really, really enjoy talking to you. It's For been our- my pleasure, <laughs> Well, thank you. For really? our listeners out there, Communications Matter, Deborah Malinix on Voice America Radio. Um, We're available on the web, just you can go right to Voice America Radio and type in my name and we will have this podcast up um, probably within the next few days. And I thank you so much, Beverly, because I think this information is so key and so critical to so many of our listeners today. Thank you. I'm always available to anyone who asks questions. I really want to help people. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, well, I will be back probably within, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks with another podcast for you. And I really want to thank Beverly for her information today. And remember, you can look this up, Communication Matters, Voice America Radio. We will have all of the information for you. Thank you, Beverly. It was a pleasure. It's a pleasure for me as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Communication Matters can be heard on the Voice America Business Channel. Check and listen for new shows every week. Until our next program, keep the communication going. and can't get enough of us follow us on instagram at voice america talk radio and see what we're cooking up for you the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network